Hello, dreamers. Welcome to the Dream Stream podcast and YouTube video. My name is Yiska Cook, and I am your host. And we are having a dream group in our Zoom room. So I'm just waiting for other guests, and I will welcome them in when they come. So I told you last time about the Center for Symbolic Studies dream group, but I wanted to tell you this time about another dream group I was very blessed to be a part of, and that was Jeremy Taylor's dream group at Miriam's Well. So Jeremy Taylor is a universe, universal universalist minister. He's a minister, non-denominational, and he's a dreamer and a writer, a very much an academic, but not in a dull way, in a knows a lot about mythology way. So Jeremy used to come to Miriam's Well in Sogardis every season. So he came, you know, four times a year. And it was probably Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. And I used to go to all of his teachings. And then we at Miriam's Well started our own um, teacher training mentorship. And I can't remember what we call that, but I really enjoyed that. Um, and it was always wonderful to have Jeremy Taylor visit from California. He was a big traveler to South Korea. I think he had a big dream audience in South Korea. And he's written some amazing books. I think the first book that I had read about group dream work was from Jeremy Taylor. And it was called Where People, Where People Fly and Water Runs Uphill. So, and he's written quite a few books since that point. He's passed on now. He died two, a couple of years ago. So I, and I, and he always was so supportive and ready to write a recommendation or um, encourage you in your own dream work path. So I'm very grateful that I had all of that wonderful time with Jeremy Taylor. And he is surely missed right now. Hello again, dreamers. So we have Brendan Merritt here with us in our dream group and Ellen Ronis in our dream group. So both amazing dream workers. And I was hoping that we could go around and share either a dream from sleep or possibly a waking life experience that seemed dreamlike. And we can treat that as if it were a dream. Um, we have one more person that may or may not be coming, but if she comes, I'll just let her in. So um, wanting to all three share and then work on dreams. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, well, I'm Brendan. Um, basically, this week I had a really, really crazy dream, um, which crazy dreams are not unusual for me. So, you know, one person commented to me after I had posted about the dream that they wondered if I should get COVID tested. And I was like, why? And I'm like, they're like, well, supposedly it can, you know, cause you to have hallucinatory dreams. And I'm like, actually, I have dreams like that a lot. 
So I don't know. Um, yeah, that's been most of my life. I dream in color and I don't dream in black and white. So uh, the dream that I had this week. Sorry, uh, Brandon. Do you mean literally? Yeah. About literally. Because, about what? Because you were saying you dream in color and not in yeah. black and white. But Correct. I, yeah, because I have found just from working on my own dreams for so long that um, that a dream in color seems to allude to my waking life and a dream in black and white seems to allude to something historical for me. Huh. So it's like a, like an older fact factoid. <laughs> so that's interesting. interesting. So you just dream in full color. Yep. Um, maybe one or two that I can barely remember were in black and white. Cool. So please do share. Yeah. So in the dream I had this week, I was in the house that I grew up in, at least it, that's what it felt like in, on the inside. And uh, I was with my mother who was considerably younger in the dream than she was uh, when she passed. So probably like in her mid to late forties, I'm guessing in the dream. Um, and I'm at least in my early twenties at this point in the dream or a little older, it's hard to tell. Um, but we're walking up the stairs, we're talking about something. And as this is, as we're going up the stairs, all of a sudden there's this huge rumbling and the entire house shakes like there's an earthquake happening. Oh and all of a sudden the house flips on its side. <gasps> and we're like both hurled from the stairs onto the wall. Um, and we both land like on our backs. And I seem to be able to shake it off. My mom seems like she's injured. And so we go to get outside. And once we get outside, uh, we're actually in New Paltz on Main Street. And I'm looking for our car. And in uh, across the way, there's a gas station. And there's what looks like one of those Plymouth vehicles that's styled after the 1940s type vehicles mm -hmm. that's white. And that's supposed to be our car, but the whole entire front end is smashed in. Uh -uh. Um, I think probably from the earthquake, it like got tumbled and went okay. like that. So as that's going on, the wind is whipping around and it's like a cold a storm wind, like a tornado. And I look up at the sky and I see the clouds are moving incredibly fast, um, dark gray clouds. And then there are actually some clouds that are solid black that they look like black smoke mm -hmm. but they're whirling around at such a speed and in a way that makes them seem like they are alive mm -hmm. and a group of them coalesces into the shape that is a giant black hand huh. with eyes and teeth um, wow. and no nose but like obviously like feral animal eyes and I think all I can remember past that is that there are other shapes forming around it and behind it. And this thing opens its mouth and roars. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I'd yeah, love to work on that later. Ellen, would you like to share something? You were saying your, your dream life hasn't been so prolific, but perhaps yeah. you have a waking dream. Well, I think life is just like the waking dream. I think right. I just, you know, I, I always remember um, a Jungian um, 
dream worker person that I worked with for a long time back in the day saying that if you are not remembering your dream, if you're a person who generally does remember your dreams and dreams fairly prolifically and you're not, that oftentimes it means you're really working your psyche in your waking life. Like you're really working your stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's really true. I'm, I'm really, I've been really deep in Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've been also, uh, in my head, like, mm-hmm. like to the point of having a massive headache, like so many oh. thoughts and trying to force something to happen that doesn't want to happen. Right. Um, but in general, I just feel like, um, yeah, I am, I'm just working. I'm, I feel like this pause that we're all having is challenging me to, probably many of us in a way to just really see what's really true for me about a lot of things. Like what do I really think about things and feel about things and who really do I see myself as being and what is my creativity want to do and all, Mm -hmm. all of that, that I've always thought about, but never really had that sinking in time for it. So I I don't know. I just feel like that's, I'm being challenged a lot in that way, you know, in terms of like ego stuff and old patterns and this is uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. Really painful. Ego stuff often is very uncomfortable. Horrible. Yeah. It's just really awful, but it's so, it's good in a way too. So I'm, I'm glad about that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I did have one little teeny snippet. Here I go with the little teeny snippet. Oh, and it has something to do with like, it has something to do with being in a hospital and like flesh and like surgery. But I think it's because I watched a show about that, like an emergency room kind of show, like three nights ago. Oh, it feels more like day residue, like something it, that you were seeing. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not watching that show anymore. Who needs that? Let me. So may I share a dream and then we'll mm-hmm. delve into Please do. So myself and another woman are being held from behind by these two very uh, large women, you know, women with thick arms and like bosom and you know holding us from behind and I said and I say thank you mommy and so then she the woman starts rocking me she starts rocking me back and forth and I feel as if I'm almost about to fall asleep and then I also wrote a note that these women are Polynesian women that are just like holding us and rocking us and myself and another woman and um yeah just made me made me really wonder hmm. sounds lovely yeah, what were you wondering specifically i was wondering who were the women holding us or or what attribute do they have nurturing you know nurturing and um brave they thought they were brave um and, and, you know, real matriarchs, the real matriarchs. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, my mom wasn't like that. She was not a heavy woman. She was not large bosomed woman. She was slender. And, um, but, but I say, thank you, mommy, to the woman behind me. So I also wonder about that. <laughs> so what is your personal association with Polynesian culture or Polynesian women, I guess, in particular, like what, what does that evoke for you? 
Um, well, I'm thinking of Hawaii, and I'm thinking of, um, I spoke with my friend Michael on a, a late, uh, an earlier version of the podcast, um, and he was talking about a, a sacred mountain that they wanted to put a new sky telescope observatory in, but not just, I mean, it's a huge building that, that they wanted to build, yeah, but it's sure, a sure. sacred, sacred mountain for the natives. So I guess when I'm thinking of Polynesian woman, I'm thinking of n native Hawaiian, or, you know, I'm not sure. I think that's what I associate with that. So what do you associate Hawaii in particular with? Their, well, my son's, my son's girlfriend is from Hawaii. And she actually just came over today. He picked her up in Virginia, where she had been visiting her uncle. And, um, and I had, I had a little romance with a man from Hawaii last summer. Um, yeah, so it seems very welcoming. <laughs> Although not right now. He said, nobody come to Hawaii right now. There's a two week quarantine. If you fly into Hawaii, they're, they're saying nobody can come visit. Nobody can vac vacation there. Yep. Um, yeah, it's funny, actually, I, I synchronously heard from a mutual friend of ours who's in Hawaii right now. I love it. Yeah, weird. Um, so did you ever have any uh, exposure to Huna culture or hear of Huna? I, it sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. Yeah, so Huna is a practice that comes out of Hawaiian tradition and Huna is kind of used as a word for energy in general, but I guess you could kind of describe it as, um, similar to the idea of the Tao or the force in Star Wars oh. philosophy. It's the energy that flows through all things. Yes. And yes. Uh, yeah, so. The Holy Spirit, the Shekhinah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the, of, of the earth itself, I guess. Mm, yes. So. Okay. Oh, I love that. Deeply connected to the roots, literally. The root yeah, and, and for my dream, I think, you know, symbolically, that's what I think of when I think of indigenous people. They've got traditions that span back thousands of years that connect them very strongly to the earth. Yes. And the ways that those of us who were raised in Western uh, Western culture, uh, whatever you want to call it, don't really have access to. Yeah. Yes. That's why we get so many, like, plastic shamans and, you know, dime story Indians and who, white people who want to try to be connected to native culture in some way. Because mm -hmm. yeah, we have a longing for that, that we haven't really mostly been able to fill. Mm. Yeah, for me, it just my hit, my hit on it is, you know, without even going into the Polynesian aspect of it is just like the mama, you know, like I know for myself, I actually had a friend come over last night and we had dinner together outside in our, you know, backyard and we're, but we've both been whatever, distancing and all that. And yes. I'm like, I need a hug. Like I'm going to literally die if I don't get some yes. physical 
contact. So it was just like, oh, I just melted. It just made me think of that, that we're all kind of isolating. And even if we have a partner or whatever, but it's just, it's not the same, you know, amount of physical connection and contact. And so maybe it's just like that great mama just yes. rocking you to sleep, giving you a big hug, yeah. like the, awesome. earth, the earthy mama. Right. It, almost like uh, the goddess of Willendorf. Remember that? Yes. The oh, first, uh-huh. Like stone sculpture of like a woman mm-hmm. with her belly and her breasts and big was, boobs. Like, yeah. Up. It was almost like that, you know. Um, I just felt so cozy. <sighs> I felt so good and, and safe. So I, I like that feeling. I'm happy to keep that feeling in my heart because these are scary times, actually. Yeah, and maybe maybe that was the gift from your unconscious is to have to, you know, just a gift. Yeah. Oh, I love to feel that. a little sweet and nurtured and yeah. nice. Yeah. And even when you're doing social distancing, someone is hugging you from behind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that you feel like you want to know about the dream or um, anything that's remaining? I guess, you know, I like looking at myself, the dreamer, as every character that I'm dreaming about. And um, so if this woman is really like the nurturing mommy, that's, I think, I think that's kind of being asked of me with my 10 year old son right now. He wants to know, I'm taking care of him. Am I gonna be all right? Are we safe? Are you gonna be all right? You know, um, and aren't you gonna take care of me? So I think I'm being called upon to be that nurturing, large busted woman. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah, it's- At least energetically. Yes. Yeah, at least energetically. <laughs> I won't be insulted by that. <laughs> We'd have to fe- be feeding you a lot. So um, I'm good with that. Eat a little more meat out of your bones. Your mama, she no feed you, huh? I, I know. I used to go to a gym like for four or five years, and I had asked the owner of the gym and also a trainer at the gym, I can't gain weight. Like I used to work out like three times a week. I can't gain any weight. And both of them, not together, independently of each other, said, you just need to eat more. You just need to eat. You want to gain weight? You got to eat. So uh, I thought I had been eating pretty well, but um, I still wasn't gaining. That has never been a problem for me. So. <laughs> <Not> late. <laughs> it was never a problem for me until you know the MS. It's like, mm. yeah, was never a problem for me until my diabetes really kicked in either. Mm. So, mm. Uh, but I shifted my diet a lot too. Once you know, so I lost the weight and kept it off great. by doing that. Yeah, you've always been thin, Brendan. As long as I've known you. Yeah, not not for as long as you've known me. I think yeah. maybe like I don't know I, when I was probably at my heaviest. I was about one hundred eighty-five, maybe. Okay, so that's not... a good forty pounds more than I weigh now. Okay, wow. okay. yeah, that's a substantial amount. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. So, Brendan, would you 
would you mind telling us your dream again? So sure. It's fresh in my in my head, and then we'll yeah. explore it. So basically, I'm in the dream, and I'm talking to my mother, and we're walking up the stairs to the house that I grew up in. Um, visually, that's what it looks like. And all of a sudden, there's a huge rumbling, and everything starts shaking really violently, like an earthquake. And I think at first, I'm kind of like, what the hell? This isn't San Francisco. This is New York. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the house gets flipped on its side. Mm -hmm. And where we were on the stairs, we get thrown toward what is one of the walls. And both of us land on our backs. Um, I'm able to kind of get up and shake myself out of it. But I'm not sure if my mom is injured or not. So mm -hmm. I'm like, are you okay? Can you get up? <clears throat> we get up and somehow we make it outside of the house and we're looking for the car to go drive, I'm guessing, to take her to get some medical attention. And I look for the car and then I see it across the way. And we're actually in New Paltz now outside of my house. I grew up in Poughkeepsie. So somehow that was like poof. Um, huh. We're in New Paltz on Main Street. And I look across the street at one of the gas station slash garages and our car is there but the whole driver's side front end is smashed in um, and I'm guessing that it got thrown like onto its snout during the earth rumbling mm. um, so I'm like oh wow that's we're not going anywhere mm. and people are like running around and panicking and screaming and the wind is whipping around like a storm is coming or a tornado and I look up at the sky and the clouds are just like moving really rapidly mm. across the sky mostly dark gray and light gray but there's all of a sudden there's this plume of black cloud which looks like smoke and it's moving in such a way that it, it looks like it's very alive um, and it forms itself into a giant black hand kind of just facing out like that and it you could clearly see the fingertips and everything like it can articulate but there are two eyes and a mouth on it that like are like feral um you know glowing yellow eyes and the mouth is filled with very sharp teeth and toward the end of the dream i think i see more clouds black clouds like that swarming behind it and forming other shapes yeah. some of them dragon-like and this thing is it roars really loud and the roar shakes the entire uh, world wow that's really it how did you feel when you woke up from this dream oh, panicked <laughs> a yeah. little panicked mm. yeah because because this thing was going to eat us, all of us. The hand. Yeah. Okay. It was just going to go down, scoop us up, like, and, you know, munch. So have you ever seen a cloud formation that evoked something in you, whether good or bad? Yeah. Um, definitely. Over the years, I've done a lot of cloud gazing. and, um, But the one instance that really sticks out for me was being at this um, festival in Western New York, actually the second time this subject has come up today um, called Starwood. And the place just feels very magical. Um, it's just 
over 300 acre property that they have a couple of yearly events on. Um, there's a couple of gatherings, one's called Serious Rising. There's another one that used to be there called Starwood, which is the one I had this experience at. <clears throat> and I was just looking at the clouds and watching the way that they were streaking by. This area is like prone to storm, sudden thunderstorms and tornadoes actually. Where, um, where is this? out near Chautauqua, New York. Okay. Chautauqua County. Um, near, uh, south of James, Jamestown. Uh, no, sorry, north of Jamestown, south of Buffalo. Okay. So close to the Great Lakes and very hilly. Um, and I remember like camping and looking up at the sky and watching these clouds just zipping around all these different like dark and light clouds and they seemed again like in the dream I had very alive and I kept thinking of them as the goblin haunted skies because it just felt like there were these like goblin air spirits riding the clouds and wow. animating the clouds. Wow. You know what it's reminding me of Brendan did you ever see the show Lost? Do you remember that show? Yeah I did my um ex my mom, uh, my son's mother was very into that at one point. I remember watching a bunch of episodes and not really forgetting what was going on. Like I didn't watch it consistently enough. And a lot of this stuff was just like, okay, you know, are, is this all a conspiracy? Are they there being experimented on? Or is there something else going on? Is any of this right. well, you never You never really know and you sort of never really find out. Yeah. <laughs> but there was that black, the black cloud. Do you remember that? It was, which no. was a monster. I, I don't actually remember what it was, but it was definitely some kind of an evil thing. And it was wow. a black cloud of smoke that formed whenever yeah. something was, you know, there was a darkness coming and it was like this monstery kind of cloud. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, the closest experience I've had to anything like the black cloud itself in the dream was, um, I think when I was in my early teens, probably about 14, um, I had this reoccurring experience of feeling like I was being watched and it eventually manifested as this like disembodied black form in at night. Sometimes if I was walking, I would feel the wind pick up and I would feel this presence. And it felt like there was this like darkness that was darker than the night dark at further away. Um, I came to a later realization that this was probably like a projection of my own shadow yes. that I was somehow externalizing and yes. You know, making it into some sort of manifestation for myself. Yes. But I can remember being terrified of that. Like, As a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. How yeah. old is Lucas right now? He's 14 now. So that's oh. interesting. So Brendan's son is the age that he was when he had that experience. That's so interesting. So uh, other aspects of a reality check. So you said it was the house you grew up in. Yep. In Poughkeepsie? Mm-hmm. Okay. And um and you said your mom looked like she was in her forties. Right. But how old was she when she passed? Uh seventy-two. She was seventy-two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my my feeling it's been when we dream of our deceased loved ones, if it's just a dream about the person, it's it could be sad, it could be like their last days or in pain or whatever. But if it's a dream visit, 
then they look so young and vibrant and beautiful. I'm not saying that was a dream visit, but that's what it reminded me when you said she was in her 40s, quite a bit younger. So I feel like when my, my mom, my mom died at 50, and when she's come into dreams of mine, um, and we're like sitting together and having conversation, it feels like a dream visit. It feels like that. I would love to have another dream visit with my yeah, mom. I think like as it relates to your dream earlier, like I think a lot of us being so panicked and kind of like traumatized by what's going on on a global level, want that mama energy. We want someone to hold us and to love us unconditionally, you know? So I think that, you know, dreams around the mother archetypes are going to be coming up for people because they want that nurturing yeah, I think we need, we're needing that. We're really needing, like, could somebody just tell me that this is going to be okay? Yeah. And clearly, we're not getting that from our government. And in less, in less time than two years. I mean, that's what it's going to take. Preferably. <laughs> but even if somebody could say for sure that that was going to happen in two years, we could at least hang our hat on that. But right. we don't know that. You know, we never know anyway. We really never, ever right. know right. things are going to be okay. Right. But this particularly is like... We're all sort of, you know, it makes me think, um, Brendan, of the ha being in the house and everything's sort of topsy turvy, and you're, you know, this oh, earthquake. Yeah. I mean, and our entire world has been turned upside down on its side. Like, absolutely, it's, and that's my it's, projection yeah, of, of, of yeah. that aspect of your dream is that it's like the house, and I, whenever I dream of um, my old house, you know, the house that I grew up in, it feels that there's, there's something in my unconscious that is that young or is, is going back to that time in my psyche to maybe heal something or to see something that I'm not yeah. seeing um, no, that I, might be important. I think you hit the nail on the head because some of the work I was doing with my therapist around the stream, like <clears throat> pointed at, um, somehow like the black hand being a manifestation of anger mm. um, and you know it whether or not it stems from recent or past events it's something that happened um, that has left me with this residual anger that's been stored up for a really long time and you know, it needs some kind of a outlet. It needs some way to be able to be recognized and heard, I guess. You know, because usually anytime I've done any kind of inner work with something that seemed like, you know, evil, bad, demonic, whatever you want to characterize it, once you're able to open up a link of communication with that aspect of yourself that's fragmented away, it most of the time comes from some place of wounding. Mm. Like it's, it's wants yeah. something, but it wants to be recognized and it wants to be heard. Absolutely. It reminds mm. me of, I don't know, there was, I don't know if it's a poem or some, something that I heard about, um, might be like a Mary Oliver poem. I'm not sure, but it was something about like inviting all the different pieces of yourself to the dinner table. Yes. Like, the kooky one that wants to wear the funny hat and the dark one, the, you know, the, the evil cloud with the big teeth and the funny wow. eyes, you know, like just invite them all to the dinner table and be like, Hey, 
what's what you got <laughs> you know what's up there's a and, Rumi poem and becomes, Ellen. sorry hmm? there's a Rumi poem called the guest house that's uh, okay. very much about that inviting Maybe that's, yeah. all the parts of yourself that you know you might not want to have as guests in your home yeah so i wonder if that's the one you're thinking of it might it might actually be yeah it might actually be and then i know that i was in a writing group and we did a writing exercise around that and it was really very fun and also um really healing to actually just write it write about it like these are the characters you know these are the these are the things i'm afraid of and they could be the characters in this dream or they could be things that have come up in your in your dream world or your waking world or whatever yeah. the fear just dis discomforts or the oddities or the places in 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 yourself in you know or i'll say in one's myself in oneself you know that um we don't necessarily like so much you know it, it, not not only the ones that are we're afraid of but also there are pieces of ourselves that we kind of like go that's where i'm at right now oh uh-huh don't wow. like that so these are all... the people in my neighborhood in my neighborhood <laughs> yeah well, i can't help but think of because at first when you were talking about the hand shaped cloud i was thinking about how we trace our hand to draw the turkey right mm -hmm. the giveaway bird and um but then i'm also in in this further ends of conversation i'm thinking of the hamburger helper oh no and you know, which, is, which is very scary. Now, if I want to turn that image on its head and like transmute it, that would be a great way to do it. Just superimpose that face on the thing. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it would de. It would de. What would deactivate de it? Deactivate it. Yeah. Yeah, it would make it like that's silly. <laughs> yeah, but also you don't want to ignore the feeling around it, right? You yeah. want to be able to be like, "Whoa, that was really terrifying." Yes. Yes. And I guess I think of the hand is the great manipulator. And obviously the word manipulate comes from the mm. you know, Latin mm. word for hand, which is mono or Okay. You know. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. That makes Yeah, and it you know, it's in, in you know, other Latin based languages it's something similar. Yeah, so no, I agree with the both of you that the world is turned on its side right now. I mean, that's almost the best way one could describe what's happening. But um, yeah. I also often when I dream of houses or other people bring me dreams with their, of houses, it seems to be the human body. So yeah. for instance, if I dream of a staircase, it's often the spinal column or the basement is the like subconscious, the attic is the superconscious, you know, the, the supernatural. So, um, so, I'm wondering what that would entail, what that would indicate that if a house, if my house is me and I fall on my side, I want to be careful, of course, not to fall because, you know, that could be dangerous. Um, and uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I think, was there anything else different about the house that you remember? Um. Well, I think for whatever reason, there was a noticeable absence of my grandparents. It was actually their house. Oh. So, so that was odd. Um, oh. You know, because 
strongly I would normally associate. There were a few times that we were home when they were not home, or at least one of them was home. Um, where my mother and I were both there at the same time, I guess. Yes. Because my mom worked a lot, so I usually didn't see her until later in the afternoon or evenings on most days. Um, and by that point, you know, at least one of my grandparents would have been home, probably. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, that's odd. Um, I don't remember. How, it felt differently energetically okay. than it did in real life, and it's hard to put a finger on what that is exactly. Um, mm. It felt a little lighter, actually. Like more sunlight okay. than it was in actual life. So I need to upgrade my Zoom room. It seems that we have three minutes and 37 seconds left. Oh, no. I know. I'll, I'll do that. I'm just not able to multitask right now and still listen. I was trying to do that. But um, so I wanted to ask you one other question, Brendan, and then I'm going to ask you how we can honor the stream. And I'll be glad to see if, you know, if you might want to ask for future dreams to give more information about that dream. So I like That's to do idea. that, you know, yep. bring, bring the dream life into its, its guidant, guidance mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that a brilliant idea. So uh, how can you honor? Uh, well, I could journal about it. I think I do yeah, want absolutely. to try to do that. Um, and you said you already spoke with your therapist about it. And yes. you're all yep. sharing it. Yes. Wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to know about the dream? We have two minutes and 37 seconds. No, I mean, I think I could also draw about it possibly because I kind oh, of yes. maybe externalize that thing and get it out on paper so it's not in my head. Yes, I think that's very smart. That's how Robert Moss used to teach us to work with children and their dreams. You know, I mean, it's, oh. it's not an uh, um, independent idea. I mean, a lot of people say this but have them draw a picture, you know, because it's hard to write all the words of that, you know, or trying to explain the dream, but drawing a picture of it, and then you do get it out of your psyche, out of your head, and put it onto paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it cannot hurt you there. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. I have an eraser and I will use it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for coming. So again, we're going to be doing, you know, regular dream groups on Saturdays at three. And, um, you know, every, you're welcome to come regularly or to miss a few is fine, of course. And if either of you know of any other dreamers who might want to join us in this dream group, please uh, let me know or, you know, we'll, we'll invite them. Great. Okay. Okay, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us in, in our dream group, our dream stream, dream group, Zoom room. And I hope that you have a great day. So I used to say, Brendan and Ellen, I used to say until we meet again. But then I decided after 47 episodes, 48, I don't want to say that anymore as my ending. So I don't really know yet what a, what would you say, Alan? Less than one minute. 
Um, Ciao. That's what I said. No. <laughs> See you next time. I don't know. Uh, See you later, about- alligator. See you Sweet. in the dream world. Yes. See you in the dream world. Sweet what? dreams, all. Sweet dream. That's a good one. Sweet and I dream. actually found out how to say it in many different languages. Oh, so cool. That's something that we can start incorporating. Bon rêve. <laughs> French. Now I know how to say that. Holomod Metukim, Hebrew 